Today on a very special episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to dive into the thing. Uh, if you've been online, you know the thing. We're going to dive into it, talk a little bit about it, hopefully not tick anyone off. Plus other news and notes for the Orlando Magic because it's the dead part of this offseason and we don't have much else to talk about. Let's get to it today on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 2nd. 2023. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you download podcasts. Um, on today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to talk about a bit of news that broke uh, that does not have anything to do with basketball um, and touches a lot of nerves in a lot of places. Just got to kind of go over what the facts are, what we know, and... Uh, a little bit of the reaction that we saw online to it. Um, We'll talk about some injury updates uh, from around the roster, um, as well as a trade rumor that never was. That's that's fun. We're going to clean up the notebook a little bit here on today's episode of Locked on Magic. Before we do that, we want to thank you again for making Locked on Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning or that's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked on Magic part of your day every day. Um, remember, there's great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. There's for Locked On and the team you're looking for, Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off here. Um, if you were online at any point on Tuesday, um, this this bit of news was, maybe it isn't actually shocking, but it, it, it felt, it felt odd. Um and, and, you know, I, I was talking about it both with people online and, and you know, again, maybe the discourse got a little out of hand there. Um, I was talking to other basketball people, other like-minded basketball people, and we were a, a bit confused by it as well. And it's newsworthy in that it is something unique. Um, it is not that it is surprising. It is not that it is illegal or wrong or necessarily worth criticizing, but it is now a talking point. It is something that happens. So if you don't know, if you're not terminally online, congratulations for having a healthy relationship with people. But um, it came out, Jason Garcia, um, who runs Substack, one of the best political reporters in the state, um, reported, and it was later confirmed. Uh, I checked, I actually, someone sent me the FEC form in my, my, themselves, itself. Um, it was confirmed that the Orlando Magic as an organization has donated $50,000 to Ron DeSantis's, uh, to a, a super PAC, excuse me, uh, associated with Ron DeSantis's presidential uh, campaign. Um, again, if I don't want to get too deep into, finance, into campaign finance law. Um, a super PAC is not, the reason it is a super PAC is that it is not directed by the candidate himself, but um, it is closely aligned uh, with him. And um, obviously it... it it, it, it took a lot of people by surprise. Um, and, you know, I don't want to get into the politics of it because, A, the Orlando Magic as, as an organization have every right to 
use their money and and, and, and thus their speech, um, which is another debate to have, but they're allowed to donate to whatever causes they want to donate to. They donate to the Zebra Coalition. Um, they they that, that is part of their that is part of their big give every year. Zebra Coalition is a great organization here in Orlando um, that provides a safe space for LGBTQ youth in the community. Um, they, they, the Zebra Coalition is one of the best organizations in this city. Um, the Magic donate to them too. Um, and so I, I don't know how much you want to read into it or not. Um, it, it, is, it is definitely just divisive. Um, and, and that's probably the part that I think a lot of us don't understand. Um, it is not clear um, whether this is the case or not. Uh, some people did look into it. There are some people claiming that that this is the first instance, at least, of a of an NBA team, at least, or of a professional team um, donating directly to a presidential campaign in this way. Um, it's it, it, it it's odd for that reason. Um, and again. The Magic have every right to make donations where they want to make them. Um, we all know what the DeVos family's politics are. Um, they are extremely conservative. It's not just that Betsy DeVos was the was the uh, head of the, the 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 Secretary of Education in the Trump administration. The DeVos family is extremely conservative. They 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 are big players in the Michigan Republican Party. Um, they are not as big in Florida, but they we know what they're about. Um, they are very you know, like one of the big projects that they've had in in Michigan, at least, and and I think they've tried to do it in Florida, is to try and direct public education money to religious religious schools. And you may be for that. Uh, as a Jew, I am very much against that. I, I'm I'm as I'm very much against all injection of religion into public life into government life. Um, but you may be for that, and that's fine. Um, I'm not here to argue for or against Ron DeSantis. Uh, I think you could probably tell where I stand on him and, and, and his job as governor. Um, I'm not here to, 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 to debate that. This isn't the proper venue for it. We are a basketball, we're a basketball show, but this is something that is happening. Um, and it is at least important to reckon and recognize this, um, that, you know, these organizations do have speech rights and I'm not here to, again, I'm not here to say that, that they shouldn't have that, but I think this is really this feels very incongruous with a what the NBA appears to stand for, and again, we know that the NBA is a largely progressive uh, league. They promote a lot of progressive causes. Um, they were, you know, the, you, you with the players kind of leading the way. They were very much vo they were very vocal about the Black Lives Matter movement. They're still vocal on a lot of social justice issues. The NBA has always been on the forefront of social justice issues, whether it's Bill Russell, whether it's Oscar Robertson. Uh, the, the NBA has always been at the forefront. The NBA is honestly at its best when it is because, as I mentioned way back when during the pandemic, um, as a as a white teenager, the NBA was my introduction to black culture. And, and they are very prominent young black men uh, and young black leaders in, in our in our communities and, 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 and in our and, and, and in the in the public sphere. The NBA, it is through the NBA's benefit to listen to them and to and to let them lead and to, to promote them as young leaders. Um, but all the owners are billionaires, and billionaires tend to vote Republican. Um, we're again, I don't want to debate this. I disagree with the DeVos family's politics. I also can recognize very, very truthfully that the DeVos family has had a positive impact here in Central Florida through the Orlando Magic Youth Foundation. 
um, and, and through their stewardship of the Orlando Magic. Um, the Magic have been a force for good in the city of Orlando. And I think that's ultimately why this feels disappointing. Um, you know, it's not that the Magic exercise their speech rights as a, as a company. And again, we can debate whether companies should have those speech rights on another day. Um, I do think it is weird that the NBA would allow teams to inject themselves financially into potentially a political hot water like this. Um, it, it feels very, very odd that this is something that a team is allowed to do under NBA bylaws, but so be it. They're allowed to do it, whatever. What feels disappointing is that it, it does feel like it is incongruous with what Orlando is about. Orange County was one of four counties in the state of Florida that voted against Ron DeSantis in the previous election, an election that DeSantis won in a landslide. Um, I looked at, I lo actually looked up the stats. Orlando, uh, Orange County, which is where Orlando sits, voted for Charlie Crist, who is a terrible candidate, 57 to 43, a 14-point spread. DeSantis won the state by 19 points. Um, it is, this is a very welcoming and inclusive community. And frankly, Ron DeSantis has been a very divisive figure in this state. And, and you may disagree with that, but undoubtedly there's a lot of shouting going on in the state of Florida. Um, and again, you may think it's a good thing. You may think it's a bad thing. It doesn't feel right that the magic have injected themselves as an organization into this debate. in some way. it doesn't feel right that I have to spend 10 minutes trying to be political, trying to both sides this thing when I feel very strongly one way or the other. And again, you could guess which way I do. I don't care. I, I don't really, I don't really care about that. Um, it's disappointing because there are going to be fans like me. They're going to be fans very much that believe the things that I believe. And more likely than not, here in Orlando, those fans exist. The owner, the DeVos family owning this team already is turning off a really important part of our community. And, and Orlando is a very welcoming place to the LGBTQ community. And while I think the Magic did the best they could to honor the victims of, of the Pulse shooting, and obviously it happened during the summer when the Magic were not in season, um, there's always going to be a little bit of skepticism about the magic among a, a very key part of this city's identity. And so I have to ask the question as a business decision. Um, and again, maybe there, again, there's probably some political horse training going on here where, you know, the magic donated to uh, DeSantis super PAC. They showed their support for the governor's presidential campaign. And when the magic need to go to Tallahassee and ask the governor for something, maybe he's more likely to do it. That's kind of a cynical way to run a state and a very poor way to run a state, but Maybe that's reality. Maybe I'm being naive. Um, but but it's disappointing in that the Magic did not have to inject themselves into this. They did not have to stand, I suppose, um, in this way and subject themselves to something that's going to clearly turn off a good chunk of Orlando. Not all, you know, not everyone, obviously. And, and some people are just not going to care. And that's fine, too. Uh, and again, Orlando, the Magic as an organization have every right to use their speech rights to do this. But it just doesn't sit right. And I, I think that it's bad business, number one. Um, I think that this is just, and, and someone posited this to me, and, and I appreciate calling me out on this because I'll admit my bias on, on this a little bit, but um, I would feel pretty uncomfortable if the Magic donated to a Joe Biden super PAC. And maybe they did. Like Disney was well known to donate to both Republican and Democratic candidates to make sure they had a foot in both waters and favors on both sides of the aisle. Um, maybe that's what the magic did. Maybe the magic is secretly, uh, not secretly because this is all public. Maybe the magic have donated to a Joe Biden super PAC. I doubt it because of 
we know where the DeVos family stands on a lot of issues. Um, but perhaps they did. Um, if it doesn't sit right with you, that's completely understandable. Um, and I think that's really the message that I, I want to get out today because I've been dancing around it now for 12 minutes. Um, it's okay if this doesn't sit right with you. It's okay if you're totally fine with this. And and sorry they had to sit through all this to to get to the rest of the rest of my show. Um, but um, or just skip the rest of the show. I don't I don't, I don't really care. I got I got the view anyway. But um, it's okay if this doesn't sit right with you. And honestly, like part of being a Magic fan has been reconciling how good and beneficial the Orlando Magic have been to the city of Orlando and, and all the good things that they and, yes, the DeVos family have done for the Orlando community. And also trying to reconcile that with politics that a lot of people, not everyone, obviously, but a lot of people vehemently disagree with and, and disagree with on, on, on a big front. And unfortunately, I think what it did as an organization here, whatever the case was, further complicates that and further makes it harder to just watch a basketball game. And at the end of the day, that's what the Magic's business should be. And again, it's one thing, and I, and I, I want to make this point before I, before I go on to the next topic here. It's one thing if it's a player. If it's one thing, if it's an individual. I don't care that Rich DeVos, or, or not Rich DeVos, that the DeVos family donates to the cause. I, I do care, but... I am perfectly fine with them donating to the causes that they donate. They have that right to do so. Nobody really complained about Jonathan Isaac standing in the bubble. Um, and, and you know, I, I kind of hate how he's kind of turned himself into this victim because he's not. Largely, everyone in the NBA bubble supported him and supported his decision. They may not have agreed with his reasoning, but they supported his decision. I don't agree with a lot of the things Jonathan Isaac is doing politically right now. I certainly don't agree with the with with a lot of things that his church appears to be teaching. Um, but I'm really happy that a he has a best selling book. Um, I, I am name dropped in it al allegedly. Um, not allegedly. I know. I know that I am. Um, I'm very happy that he was able to tell his story in in that book and, and find meaning in that. I am very happy about him launching this clothing line and and I. I wish him all the success, even if I disagree with the things underpinning it. I wish him all the success in life. Um, it's it's fine. You know, Wendell Carter is a huge mentor and a great presence in this community here, Atlanta, wherever he is. Wendell Carter is doing amazing things in the community. And so many other players on this Magic team, they may have political causes I disagree with. They may do things that I disagree with, but I respect them all as individuals. I think what this comes down to is I am uneasy and, and I think it's okay to feel uneasy with the team doing something that is frankly, by definition, divisive. Donating to a presidential campaign is by definition divisive. You're turning off people. You're turning off people. And especially with, you know, both sides of the aisle are frankly arguing. And, and again, I would argue that one side has a stronger argument than the other, but both sides of the aisle, Argue, arguing that America's on the brink of destruction, only they can save it. And that's total war. And so by inject by the magic injecting themselves into this debate, they've turned off a lot of people. And 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 to me, that's not healthy for an organization. And that's not healthy for a franchise. And well, again, they have every right 
to make this speech, to make these donations. Apparently, they have all they have these rights. Maybe the NBA is going to draft a rule saying, "Hey, don't do that. This is a bad look for us. Um, don't care. The, don't care the candidate. Don't care the cause. Avoid political contributions straight from the team." Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it 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 doesn't it doesn't sit right, and it's okay to be uncomfortable with it. Um, that's all I'm gonna say about it. Um, hopefully, that is the end of it. Um, the election is, you know. Next November, November, there's there's actually municipal elections, I believe, in Orlando uh, in November. Um, so I'll take this time to remind you all, um, uh, remind you all to uh, uh, register to vote if you haven't done so. Um, if you're looking to get mail-in a mail-in ballot, make sure you check with your supervisor election of elections office to uh, make sure you're squared away on your mail-in ballot. Um, I had my, you know, it, uh, in Florida now, you have to renew your mail-in ballot every two years, I think, every two or four years, I had to renew my, to renew my request uh, this time around. Um, we have municipal elections here in Orlando, I believe, uh, in November. Uh, and so stay informed, uh, make sure you're registered to vote and, and exercise your speech rights as well. Uh, we will transition away from serious stuff, talk about some fun-er stuff. Um, I got some injury updates that I want to share um, and a trade rumor that never was. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, say a quick word from our friends over at Ibotta or Ibotta. I don't know if it's Ibotta or Ibotta. I think it's Ibotta because I like to buy a lot of things. I bought a lot of things and I want to get cash back on those things. So whether I'm picking up burgers and hot dogs for the summer barbecue or go, going or replenishing my summer closet because those jeans just don't work in the summer. Trust me, what's universal last week or jeans? Huge mistake. Hopefully I lost some weight doing that. I don't know. But Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year that could have covered the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, too, when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use the code Locked. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us. We truly appreciate you. Uh, long episode today. Today's kind of a throwaway episode. I wanted to, I shouldn't say that. Listen to the whole episode. It, there's there's stuff in here. Um, but Tomorrow on our next episode of Locked On Magic, it'll probably be tomorrow. Um, we'll see. We'll talk about Orlando City beating uh, Messi and Inter Miami. Um, yeah, I'm saying it. Take that, my take that inner my take that inner Fort Lauderdale. Um, we'll talk. We'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. But we'll talk about um how the Magic play better basketball. Um, that's kind of been the message uh, going forward and message that this team has been receiving. We'll talk about what's actually entailed in playing better basketball. We'll get to that on our next episode of Locked On Magic, but. I want to take this time to 
kind of reset the injury front. Um, because one way the Magic are going to play better basketball next year is they're not going to be as injured. Their key players aren't going to miss as much time. They won't be down every point guard on their roster for 20 games. Um, that would be nice. Uh, um, but uh, there are a few kind of lingering injuries that, that have been hanging about. Um, since we are on the topic, um, Jonathan Isaac told Ryan Elijah, who I believe is a reporter for Fox 35 here in Orlando, that he does expect to be ready to play uh, at the beginning of training camp. Um, Isaac is currently, again, currently uh, unveiling his new clothing line. Um, again, I, I'm not going to get into why he has a clothing line. You can probably surmise why. You can look that up yourself. Um, but Isaac does have a new clothing line. He does have a new shoe, a new signature shoe from a company that doesn't make a lot of shoes, make shoes for a lot of NBA players. Um, we'll see from his clothing line. Um, so we'll see how that works out. I'm a little worried about that myself, but um, Jonathan Isaac, you know, obviously he ended the season with the, with the, with the injury that he, with the injury that he had, um, not a knee injury, but, but, you know, again, with, with, with the, with the hamstring injury, um, he says that he will be back and ready to play uh, once the season begins, uh, once training camp begins. And of course that's, that's obviously really good news. We're, we're not going to be so, we're not going to be too upset about having Isaac back. He played 11 games last year after missing the last two seasons. Getting him back is a pretty big deal. We could see clearly how much of an impact he makes on the floor. Uh, and I think that he would be, uh, he's, he's kind of a necessity with this team because they can always have that kind of sprawling length uh, that, that this magic team loves to have. Um, you know, again, we still don't really know. I mean, Isaac was really impressive, in my opinion, in the 11 games that he did play, considering all the time that he missed. Um, but we still don't really know how good Jonathan Isaac can be quite yet. Um, and, 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 you know, obviously, we just have to see him play. The goal is still just get him out there, get him playing, and then we can build on things from there. Then we can start experimenting with some of these lineups. So having him in training camp is a huge deal. Um, if he is ready for training camp, if he's able to participate fully in training camp, that is a huge deal because that sets him up for uh, for a really for a really big season and for a season where he can contribute fully. Um, again, I, I, one of the things I disliked about this Magic offseason is the Magic did not meaningfully address uh, that forward position. Uh, right now, Paolo Bencaro, Franz Wagner, and probably Joe Ingles are holding down that four spot if Jonathan Isaac has to miss any significant time. I don't think Orlando wants to go big. I don't think they go with a too big lineup with with Wendell Carter and Mo Wagner, um, but or Goga Batadze. But uh, that's certainly an option as well. Um, I think the Magic are leaning on Jonathan Isaac a little bit more than they probably should, and that that's a gamble in my opinion. Now, granted, throwing out a lot of money on a guy that you're probably that you may not play if you're if Isaac's healthy, that's probably not smart management. But I, I do see that as a potential weakness in this team, and again. Depth is going to be a huge factor for the Magic um, as they try to take that next step up. Um, also of note, this little injury note kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit. Um, was not reported at the time, but uh, Anthony Black released a, 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 a vlog or a source of vlog from, from NBA Summer League. Um, it's it's very much kind of the scattershot you know, musings of a 19-year-old, um, but... Uh, but he did he did say uh, you know while he's in the barber's chair um, he did say that uh, the Magic knew that he was having a little bit of an ankle issue and so they weren't super concerned with how he played in summer league um, and this was said before his first game against Detroit Pistons obviously his best game of the summer league run um, again it, it didn't obviously it wasn't enough to keep him out of summer league they still felt comfortable throwing him out there saying hey just go out there get the experience and look if you watch Anthony Black play during summer league. He, um, 
he looked really good. Um, he played really well. Uh, he was able to control the tempo of the game. He was able to get kind of to his spots. He was able to kind of drive in the lane. And, 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 and I, you know, I think we all kind of remarked, or at least I remarked, um, and a few people agreed with me at least on this remark, that it just felt like he lacked explosiveness getting to the basket. Um, it felt like he was always just kind of waiting a beat too long to try and get others involved. It just really didn't look like he was kind of playing at the full speed um, that we know that he that we think he can play at. Now, he still defended at an extremely high level. He still scored plenty. He still had some impactful moments that definitely felt, you know, it definitely kind of felt like he was a bit off or you hoped that he was a bit off because if that's how he is, then, you know, maybe, maybe he's not as good as we think he's going to be. Um, at the end of the day, it's summer league. I'm not super concerned. It doesn't seem like it's a big injury. He's going to be able to, he's going to be ready. It seems like for training camp. So, uh, that, that kind of slipped through the cracks. Um, and finally, um, just before we move on to our, our final segment here, um, International basketball is getting ready to start. We know that Paolo Bancaro will now wear number eight for the U.S. national team, so P8 in the house. Um, and Goga Patadze and Georgia have started doing a, a pair, a couple of their uh, pre-World Cup friendlies. Um, Georgia lost to Egypt on Sunday. They lost to Lithuania and Jonas Valanciunas on Tuesday. Um, I don't. Uh, stats are kind of hard to come by. Um, I could not find stats for the Georgia Egypt game. Uh, but Tadze did sit out Tuesday's game. Not exactly clear why, um, but he did sit out Tuesday's game um, against uh, Lithuania. Um, if you go to the Republic of Georgia Basketball Federation's uh, Instagram page, you can see that he is very clearly uh, in a polo and not in a jersey for the game. Georgia's, I think, got another game. I think they play Latvia next. Um, uh, and, and obviously Team USA starts their training camp on Thursday. We will see Team USA play Puerto Rico on Monday. We're going to cover that game in full on Tuesday's episode, uh, on next Tuesday's episode of Locked on Magic. When we come back, which won't be very long, uh, we'll talk about a trade rumor that never was. And again, just remind you what to think when rumors pop out. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. We, uh, we're undoubtedly kind of in silly season in the NBA. Like, you know, like I, I'm stretching these topics as far as I can here. Um, and, and like I said, um, I'm planning to have, to have a couple special episodes here in the next couple weeks. Um, I am planning as well to, um, I'm also planning next week to be on vacation. So I'll pro- definitely have an episode Monday, Tuesday, probably also Wednesday. And then I'm off the rest of the week. I'll remind you all that uh, later, but we're going to kind of start scaling back a little bit when it makes sense to you. Today doesn't make sense to you. I had something to talk about today, although obviously not something substantial. Um, maybe it is substantial. I don't know. We're, we're going to find out how that story develops uh, in there. But um, we are kind of in the silly season. And, you know, I get the Google Alerts. I have Orlando Magic set up as a Google Alert. If people still use Google Alerts, I still use Google Alerts. Um, helps me find stuff. Um, but... Um, you know, I see all these articles and all these posts from some of the some of the other some for some of the other blogs and Bleacher Report and all those, like saying this trade lands Jalen Suggs with the Raptors or, or whatever the case may be. And and I know not to click on these because they're just fan speculation. And right now is the time for fan speculation. If you have a fake trade you want to pitch me, pitch me your fake trades. I'll do a fake trade. If I get enough fake trades, if you guys pitch me enough fake trades, 
I will do a fake trade show. I will break down your fake trades and tell you why they're not going to happen. Um, that's the truth. Um, but uh, you see a lot of these rumors pop pop up. And, and there's one rumor that at least had the backing of legitimate reporting um, and has been quickly shot down just as fast. Um, there's a rumor that came out maybe a couple of weeks ago now um, saying, uh, I think it was from Michael Scotto of Hoopsype and he does great, he does great work. And again, like I'll say this every time when there's a legitimate report of, le- of a legitimate rumor, I, o- I never doubt that the rumor is what that reporter was told. I, I trust reporters. I know the game of reporting. Um, I always trust that reporters come to things with information that they, that they have heard that they have had, um, whether that is true, what, you know, what, what you have to determine as a reader is what, how much stock do you put into that, put into what was said? Why is this being said? Why is this being reported? Yada, 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 yada. Um, and so I believe it was Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype reported that the Magic were among the teams monitoring the Pascal Siakam situation. And, you know, for a little while in late July, in, in mid-July, late July, Pascal Siakam was the hottest trade name on the market. The Damon Lillard talks have kind of stalled. A lot of teams are looking for, you know, the the Blazers and Heat appeared to be looking for a third team to drag into that, into those negotiations. Teams that maybe struck out in free agency started thinking, okay, how do we shore up the things that we need? Um, You know, the Hawks became a very favorite target for Pascal Siakam. All all the while, Pascal Siakam never stated or never seemed to hint that he wanted out of Toronto. Um, It just felt like Toronto was starting to kind of reconfigure themselves after losing Fred Van Vliet. But, um, monitoring felt like a very strange word. Um, it never felt like, it never seemed like anything was imminent. It never seemed like the magic were actually interested. It just seemed like they were kind of keeping tabs on things because Siakam is exactly the kind of player that the magic would like. Well, let's put a kibosh on that pretty immediately. Uh, Mark Stein posted on his Substack that the magic were downplayed as a potential suitor, almost as soon as the rumors sprang up. Someone asked him in a chat on, on a Substack, um, and Mark Stein said, you know, I asked about this pretty pretty soon after it happened, and everyone I talked to said, yeah, that that's that's not how it's going. And, and look, that makes sense. That part makes sense because, um, because the Magic obviously are set at forward. They got Franz Wagner, they got Paolo Bencaro. Running a three big three forward lineup like that with Pascal Siakam in center, it's not that it couldn't work. I don't think it would. I I I think you get beat in the playoffs with with something like that. It's experimental. It's fun. It's not a terrible idea, but not something that'll last long term. Um, And so, for the Magic to make that their all in move, doesn't feel like the right call. Doesn't feel like the right thing. But this is the bigger point that I think comes out of this. And again, like I'm very big on when I see a rumor, why does this rumor exist? Who benefits from from this rumor? Who benefits from putting this out in the public? What relationships relationships do we know that the reporter has? Uh, You know, who, who, I mean, I don't mean to, I I want to say this as nice as I can. What agendas does that reporter serve? Um, That's the game. That's part of the game. And, And being an informed news reader, being informed, uh, being someone who's an informed reader thinks about these things. You know, like, look, I, I know my role. I am not a reporter. I'm I'm not a newsbreaker. Um, you know, I, I suspect a lot of a lot of people look at me and kind of understand that. Yeah, I cop for the team a little bit. I'm 
a little, you know, I, I'm very patient. I'm not a hot take guy. I'm not, I'm not any of that. Um, so when I saw this rumor and I saw how this kind of played out and again, petered out as a trade rumor that never was, um, over here. Um, but, uh, when I saw this, I thought back to what we saw back at the trade deadline. And, and I think ultimately as the magic continued to kind of spin their cap room forward and, and not use their cap room, we're going to continue to see the magic pop up kind of randomly in some of these rumors. And some of that is, to Magic fan chagrin, a lot of people considering the Magic as still kind of this directionless team and not really knowing what they want. So they just get them a star, get them, get, you know, get them a team, get them a team that makes the playoffs, make them happy. That's part of it. But I think ultimately what everyone understands is the Magic are a team that has a lot of cap room and a lot of resources to get things done. When I saw this Pascal Siakam rumor pop up, I thought, okay, I don't think the Magic are interested in Pascal Siakam. I think somebody, don't know who, I think somebody probably put the Magic's name out there to say like, hey, this is a team that has a lot of money, a lot of resources, a lot of money available, and a lot of resources to make things happen. When I see a rumor like this, and again, we know the Magic don't leak anything uh, internally, so not likely coming from the Magic, and the move that the Magic ultimately make is probably going to catch us all by surprise. Um, so when I see something like this, it tells me that a lot of teams view the Magic as the next team to make a big move. It tells me that everyone kind of thinks that the Magic are ready to push some chips in, to use some of these assets to make something happen, or that they're a team capable of doing that, that they're a team capable of putting together the package to get Pascal Siakam out of Toronto. And so I take that as a compliment if I'm the Magic. Or, or, you know, again, I don't think the Magic actually care about any of this stuff. But as a Magic fan, take that as a compliment. That the Magic are a team that's kind of hovering in the background. Like I, like I said back at the trade deadline, the Magic are the boogeyman. The Magic are the team. Every other team is going to threaten to say like, hey, you don't get a deal done with us. You don't up your offer. That ma The Magic can offer X, Y, Z and... AABB. So you got to pump your, you got to pump yourself up here to beat them. And we're talking with them. I'm, you know, once I hang up with you, I'm calling Jeff to say like, Hey, this is what they offer. Can you beat that? That's kind of how I think other teams are using the magic right now. And eventually one of these rumors is going to be true. Eventually the magic are going to push those chips in and are going to make that big offer and are going to take that all-important next step. We don't know when that is, obviously. But it is going to happen. And it could happen very, very soon. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Richard Tudor and Hamley, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the homies and all podcasts to your podcast. And listen advice for listening along to Magic. Be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Oh, Magic Daily. Special announcement for Orlando Magic Daily uh, fans and, and, and followers. This month in August, we are doing our celebration of the Orlando Magic's 35th anniversary. We're going to do some of those some of those episodes and some of those discussions here on Locked on Magic as well, as well as on my Patreon page, Orlando Magic Hub. Uh, but I want to invite you all to submit your ballots. The anchor of our celebration of the 35th anniversary is our ranking 
of the top 35 players in Orlando Magic history. And we're going to start that by taking a vote. The entire staff at Orlando Magic Daily, plus some independent measures, plus some independent statistical measures, are all being combined into a giant poll. I do a poll. I do a vote every every year. Um, but we are doing a giant vote of the best players in Orlando Magic history. And I need fan submissions. I need your vote as fans to help us out. You can check out the survey. It is available uh, on Orlando Magic Daily in the introduction post. I'll post a, I'll I'll put the link in this in the show description below as well. Give us your top, at least top ten, but up to your top twenty players in Orlando Magic history. We're going to take those results. We're going to combine them all into a final list and hopefully be a definitive list of the top thirty-five players in Orlando Magic history. That we're going to be doing that all throughout until the beginning of the season. So the beginning of training camp, very, very excited about this project. Um, voting closes August 8th in one week, or that's when I'm going to close voting. Um, so definitely check, definitely, definitely, definitely submit your poll. If you can't find the link, give me, give me your list on, uh, and I'll, 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 I'll add, I'll add, I'll add them in, but definitely use the poll much easier for me, much easier for me to keep track of things, but um, definitely check that out. Really, really appreciate you all. And we're going to have a fun time celebrating the Orlando Magic's 35th anniversary this season. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.